thanks for joining us today. S Merry Christmas. C3 goes live in 3, 2, 1. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church and Merry Christmas. We're so glad you guys have joined us today. It's just me and Zach. We're going to play a bunch of Christmas songs for you. So we encourage you guys. Yeah, we... I don't know. Would you be Larry or would you be Sherry? Oh, so you're a woman and I'm a man. Let's go. <laughs> we encourage you guys to sing along with us. Single, sailing on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere I go. Tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens, was shown a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled. Lo, behold, the earth ring out the angel chorus. Hail the Savior's birth. Earth, go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere I go Tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born Down in a lowly manger The humble Christ was born And God sent us salvation The blessed Christmas morn Oh, go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere I go Tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born Sing and go, tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere I go Tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born Yeah, that Jesus Christ is born that Jesus Christ is born. One, two, three, four. Of all the stories in all the world, this is the best story ever told. At the time, the Roman Empire. Augustus declared that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. What's a census? <clears throat> so Joseph and Mary traveled to the village of Bethlehem in Galilee. What's a census? <sighs> Mary was Joseph's fiancée and she was great with child. What's great with child? That night, shepherds were in fields nearby, watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared. And the shepherds were terrified. And the angel said, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you the news. The Messiah has been born. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Once the angel was returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what happened. Let's go tell everybody what has happened. We have seen the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mary kept these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. At about that time, there were three wise guys. Hmm. Oh. Oh, yes. You are wise. I'm wise. Oh, thank you. I mean, there were three wise men. Is that as far? Oh. Where? Where, stars? And they arrived from the east, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose. And we came here to worship him. They entered the house and saw the child and his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him, giving him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was all just as the angel had told them. It's all as the angels had told them. That's the best story I ever heard. That's because this is the best story in all the world. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year! Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Good morning, C3. This is your call to worship for today. I'm reading from Psalm 133, a Psalm of David. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony, for harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe, Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. This is God's word for us today. Will you pray with me today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that Larry's going to bring us a message. I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear what you have to say to us today. I thank you, Lord, for your son, Emmanuel, that you sent, and I thank you for his great sacrifice. Let us rejoice in him, I pray. Amen. Don't come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. 
Advent, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold here, born the King of angels. O come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. Sing, choirs of angels, sing in exaltation. I'll sing, all ye citizens of heaven above and glory to God in the highest oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him Christ Lord. Oh yes, Lord, we greet Thee, born this happy morning, Jesus, to Thee be our glory. appearing oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him oh come let us adore him Christ the Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Thanks. That was beautiful. Thanks, Thank Chris. Thank you, guys. That was beautiful. So good. Welcome to our Christmas service. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to Merry one and all. Yeah, Thank indeed. you for joining us. We're happy to be here, and we're happy that you could be with us. We are. Uh, if you see anything, <laughs> if you notice anything a little different about the the way um, that it looks today, we have like a tiny little technical issue <laughs> yes. that we have uh, resolved. Well, we didn't resolve. Yes. The, 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 the crew resolved. The, the, the wonderful crew that makes this possible resolved it. They yeah, um, indeed they yes. did. Indeed yeah. they did. So yes. anyway, we're filming from an iPhone 12 today, so you will have to let us know yes. how it looks. I'm sure yes. it's a little different than what you're used to. We'll but see. We'll be back to normal, might even, Lord willing, next week. Might even so. be better. Who knows? Yeah. We yeah, shall you see. never know. You never know. So I'm going to open up with a very um, traditional, well-known Christmas passage. Yes. How I about that? You. Yes, please. From the book of Isaiah. Yes. Chapter 9, verses 6. You will have heard this. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Yes. Prince of Peace. Yes. Prince of Peace. 
So when you think of Christmas, here we are in front of our Christmas tree with a few gifts underneath the tree. Hooray. Uh, And we think of giving gifts and, of course, it, it almost sounds cliche, but the gift of Christmas in Jesus is the gift. Yeah. Um, that started this, all of it. <laughs> I'll start the Everything. Deal. Yes, yes. Have you ever received a gift that you just really liked from, like, say, anyone, uh, your aunt or your sister or somebody your like that? Your or your, you know, just, I was thinking about that, just that idea that um, what there's a huge difference in somebody giving you a gift that, they gave out of love, and they yeah. want it to be a blessing to yeah. you, and, and, and it is a blessing. But what a difference in getting a gift that was given out of niceness and being given something that you've always longed for, right. something that you want right. more than anything. So, Can you think of anything I like can. that? I can. I can. So when I was 12 years old... I wanted a stereo for my room, and back then we called it a hi-fi. I wanted a hi-fi and with some <laughs> records. My friends had hi-fis, and I didn't have one, and that's what I really wanted. And so that's what I asked for. But my father told me that we could not afford it, that that was expensive, and, it, and so I, not to expect it because that was too expensive. So, okay, I got that in my mind. I wasn't going to get a hi-fi. I'd have to go over to somebody else's house. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to listen to records. But you know what happened. Mm-hmm. That, that Christmas, yes. I was the first one awake. I came downstairs, and there, right by the tree, yes. was the hi-fi yes. I wanted. Yes. It was one of these things. It was portable, and you mm-hmm. could open it up, and it had speakers on either side, and then yes. the turntable, yeah. and records. <clears throat> the yes. monkeys, Bobby Sherman, that's who I wanted in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got... <laughs> I received the gift yeah. I yearned for and, yes. and didn't think I'd get. That and I did. Similar, uh, but mine was way better than yours. Was it? But what was I yours? I had wanted since I was a little tiny boy I bet I know. a horse. A horse? And no, I did not. Uh, we lived in the city, couldn't have a horse, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, when I was, I want to say around 12, uh, my dad got my brother and I two quarter horses and we kept them up. He rigged it up where he kept them up at my grandparents. That's nice. Uh, near Dyersburg, out on a farm. And uh, that was a, that was a gift. Yeah. Um, the difference in getting something nice and in getting something that I had always longed for that I wanted more than anything. And you got it. Yes, yes. Lovely. Um, I want to talk about that today just for a few minutes about giving Jesus uh, a gift, not just a gift that he would appreciate uh, because we gave it out of being nice and gratitude and love, yeah. but wonder if we could give him something that he longs for, something that if he could, if he could pick anything in the world to receive for his birthday. What in the world could he need yeah. or want to receive? Yeah. That's what I want to talk about today, and I want to start off by uh, just Getting us to, if you've got a copy of the scriptures, you can turn to 2 Samuel chapter 7 if you'd like to. Um, God made a promise to King David once he established King David's kingdom. Uh, in 2 Samuel 7, he's, he tells David, he says, David, I will raise up a son who will come from your body, and I'll establish his kingdom, 
and he will build a house for my name and I'll establish his kingdom forever. And uh, what God was telling David there was that he, that uh, God would one day send a Messiah, somebody that would be sent by God to establish God's kingdom and make all that was wrong right. Mm. And what made this very special for David is that God was telling David, David, this Messiah that was going to come one day would be one of your descendants, one of your sons. He would, he would be the, a son of David, this, this future Messiah that would come from God to make all things right and to establish God's kingdom. What a gift for David. Yes, what a gift for David to know that in his descendants, this future Messiah would come. Well, the people of Israel for the next thousand years, they sort of latched on to that idea. That was a big deal to the people of God that this coming Messiah, this Messiah that would come one day, he would be a descendant of David. He would be a son of David. And in fact, that title, that term, son of David, became the most popular, the most well known the most well-used term of all terms to, dis- by the, to be used by the people of God to describe this coming Messiah. To the point that by the time, a thousand years later when Jesus does come, um, it's the most popular way for the people in Jesus' day to talk about the coming Messiah. And uh, uh, and you see this in the Gospels, in all four Gospels, you see that when someone thought that Jesus might be the Messiah, or they actually believed that he was the Messiah, that's the term they used to describe him. They son would of call David. This son of David. Son of David. Let me just give you a couple of examples. Matthew chapter 15, it says, A Canaanite woman came and cried out, Lord, son of David. Have mercy on me. What he's saying is, what she's saying is, I believe that you're the Messiah. I believe you're the coming one, the the son of David. And then in Matthew 20, uh, two blind men were sitting by the road and they yelled out, Lord, son of David, show us mercy. And um, there was a there was a real connection if you study the, the writings of the early church fathers and you study the New Testament, there was a real big connection in the minds and the hearts of the early church between God's promise to David that this Messiah would come one day and its fulfillment in the life of Jesus. That Jesus was actually the fulfillment of God's promise to David. Um, I find it very significant, Shirley, that the very first thing the New Testament says about Jesus. Right out of the gate, Matthew 1.1. The first thing the New Testament says about Jesus is he was the son of David. The very last thing in Matthew, uh, in uh, Revelation 22, the last thing that the New Testament says about Jesus is he was the son of David. It was a big deal to the New Testament church that we see that there was this connection, this strong, vital connection between God's promise to David that a Messiah would come and he would be the son of David, the descendant of David, 
and it being fulfilled in the life of Jesus. When Paul wrote the greatest theological, without question, without debate among scholars, among people that are educated, no one would disagree that Paul wrote the greatest theological treatise that's ever been written, the book of Romans. Universally accepted is true. Um, it talks about the great pillars of truth, uh, the great pillars of the faith, justification by faith and sanctification and glorification and the sovereignty of God and election and predestination. talks about all these incredible truths. Very first thing Paul says in Romans 1, he introduces Jesus by calling him the son of David. And then if you read all of Paul's epistles, he regularly referred to Jesus as the son of David. And one of the reasons that it was such a big deal to the early church, this connection between the, 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 uh, Jesus, the Messiah being the son of David and Jesus being that Messiah was the connection between the heart of David and the heart of this Messiah. The early church actually believed that if you wanted to understand the heart of the Messiah, who was he? What were his priorities? What was he like? What, was it, what were his goals and his passions? If you wanted to understand the heart of the Messiah, one of the ways you could do that is by studying the heart of his ancestor David, the heart yeah. of David. The heart of David revealed the heart of the Messiah. And so it was a big deal to them that we, that we study the heart of David to understand the heart of the Messiah. And if you want to understand the heart of David, there is no passage in the Bible that more clearly reveals what drove David, what David longed for, what he hoped for more than anything than Psalm 133. Would you read that for me, please, ma'am? Psalm 133. It's a short little psalm. Yes, I will. But, it, but listen for David's heart. Listen for his passion. Listen for what he longed for more than anything. And if the New Testament church was right, what David declares was the longing of his heart is also the longing of the heart of the Messiah. Okay. Okay. This is kind of big. Okay. It is big. It's huge. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Yeah. So I said that this little psalm, Psalm 133, really reveals the heart of David. And there's a lot going on there that I wish we had a lot of time to talk about. But not the least of which is David declares that there's nothing in life any more wonderful than there being harmony and relational peace between brothers and sisters. And he, and, to and he compares the importance of this in his heart and mind to two things. He compares it to knowing that the high priest is 
representing him before God. And that the high priest is anointed. He's right. He's good. He's effective. And as the high priest stands before God representing David and representing David's family and people and kingdom, he is right with God. And that rightness with God that David experiences and enjoys because of the ministry of the high priest, that is on the same level of importance as brothers and sisters operating in relational peace. And then the second example that he uses, he he uses rain or dew. And he says, ah, relational peace. It's like waking up in the morning and there being dew covering the land. Well, that means nothing to us in Memphis. We get 54 inches of rain a year. It's raining right now. It's raining right now. (laughs) And uh, so, big deal. But if you live in the desert, if you live in the Middle East, if you live in Jerusalem, where they might get two or three inches a year. And it, th- that, that area is so dry and brown and gray. And David said, it's like waking up in the morning and everything being covered in dew and everything being changed into green, into life. Hmm. They longed for nothing any more than rain. What a blessing, what a gift. Yeah. And for David to say that, for him to compare being right with God and experiencing the life that only rain can bring to a land, what it, David's saying, I value relational peace more than anything. The reason David valued it so much is that David's entire life was filled with a relational conflict. Mm-hmm. The first time we meet him, he's having a fight with his brothers. He, he had relational conflict with his brothers growing up. He had relational conflict with his boss, his first boss, King Saul. He had relational conflict with his friends, his dearest friends like Joab. He had relational conflict with his wife. He had a horrible marriage and they were always, he and Michael were always fighting. He had relational conflict with his friends and co-workers. Uh, he had relational conflict with his own children. David's entire life was filled with relational Conflict And that relational conflict filled his heart with relational pain and with this incredible longing for relational peace. He wanted it more than anything. I find it very ironic that when David has to decide where to put his capital, he could, put a, he could have made the, uh, the capital of Israel, the place where David was going to establish his kingdom, anywhere in Israel that he wanted. But he picked a city whose name was Jerusalem, city of shalom, city of peace. I want to build my kingdom. I want to raise my family. I want to spend my life in a place of peace. He longed for it. Now I go back to my point, and this is where we'll end. My point is simple. The New Testament church believed that if you wanted to understand the heart of the Messiah, you could discover it by studying the heart of David. And so David longed for relational peace. Is that not an indication, uh, a revelation of how much Jesus longs for us to, to walk in relational peace with one another? So my question is, what are, you, what are we going to get Jesus this year for his birthday? 
A high five? Yeah, we're gonna get him a high five, we're gonna get him a horse, or we're gonna get him a a, a fruit cake, or another coffee mug, or a tie, (laughs) or a gift card. What is it that we're gonna give Jesus for his birthday? If, If David reflects in any way the heart of the Messiah, the heart of Jesus, and what Jesus longs for, I believe the best gift we could possibly give Jesus is the gift of creating, to the best of our ability, relational peace with those that we have not been in relational peace with. If the Christmas story says anything, it says that God is willing to do anything to help us experience relational peace. So my question is, if that's the passion of God, if that's the passion of the Messiah. I mean, look what Jesus did. What, look at what Jesus did. The, I mean, there's the whole thing. Birthed, birthed to, to death. He came to bring peace. He came to bring, not, but not just relational peace between God and man. Right. But relational peace among men. Right. I mean, uh, in that one, I, uh, Luke chapter 2 says that God sent the Messiah to bring pr- peace among those with whom God is pleased. God wants us to operate in peace among ourselves. And there's nothing we could give Jesus that would delight him more than that. Um, That's the story of Christmas. God's passion to create relational peace, not only between God and us, but among ourselves. And if knowing that that's the passion of Jesus, is there not someone maybe that we've been operating in conflict? Somebody that maybe we've been at odds with, that we've had problems with, that there's been real division with, that if we wanted to give Jesus a Christmas present, a birthday present this year, Mm -hmm. what about making that relationship right? Making that relationship good. Not just for our sake and the other person, but as a gift to Jesus. Or at least trying to or wanting to. And attempting to. You know, that's you know the some Bible, people will, yeah. not, will not respond, but yes. I have the power of choice to say, I'm going to try. Yeah, that's I why want I'm, to do this. Paul says in Ephesians 4, make every effort. Yeah. Make, and then in, in yeah. uh, uh, Hebrews 12, Paul says, pursue peace. That means try, try, work at it, try to make relationships that are in conflict, try to make them right. The opposite of that is waiting, right? Not trying. So I will if you will. Exactly. That's not what you're talking about. That's just the opposite. But to give Jesus a gift, not just to be able to go, oh, how nice. Oh, how nice. But something that he looks at his dad and he looks at the Holy Spirit and he looks at Gabriel and says, can you believe they got me this? This is what I've been wanting. This is what I've been longing for. Thank you. You've given me something that I truly delight in. Our attempt to live at peace with those that maybe we haven't been at peace with. Yeah, I think that's, that's a worthy gift to offer the Savior. Mm. Um, I think that will bless his heart. Well, I think we had some other we were going to talk about, but we'll just end it there. Let's uh, take the Lord's Supper. As we end the service, we each week take bread, which represents the body of this Messiah, this son of David, and we take uh, juice or wine, which represents his blood, and we eat and we drink. And we do it for many reasons. 
not the least of which is just to declare that we believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of David, the promised one who God sent not just to be born, but to live and die so that we could experience forgiveness and eternal life and be given peace with God and the ability to live at peace with those that uh, are a part of our life. So let's eat and let's drink. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I hope you'll think about what we've talked about and think about someone that maybe you could go and attempt to create peace with as a gift, not just to yourself or them, but as a gift to Jesus. We hope you have a wonderful what and a Merry gift. Christmas. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be light From now on our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas the Yuletide gay From now on Our troubles will be miles away Here we are as in olden days Happy golden days of yore Faithful to our dear to us gather near to us once more through the years we all will be together if the fates allow hang a shining star upon the highest bow A merry little Christmas now Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide king From now on our troubles will be miles away Here we are as in golden days Happy golden days of yore Faithful friends who are dear to us Gather near to us once more Through the years we all will be together If the fates allow Hang a shining star upon the highest bow 
yourself a merry little Christmas now. Ah, oh, Zach Smith on the salt shaker. That was like very Tom Cruise-ish of you sliding in. That was great. Oh, bye. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks, y'all. Y'all have a great week, and we will see you next week at C3 Memphis Community Church, Christ Community Church, Facebook Live and YouTube Live at 1015. Uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Y'all have a great week.